then we run into compensations that we don't have the functionality, we don't have the resilience of the muscles because the muscles are too tight or too hypertonic for a baby to get in a good position, be able to come through the inlet and the outlet. And that's where that holistic picture is so important in terms of creating the best situation that we can for labor and birth and postpartum recovery to, to happen as smoothly as possible. And so, you know, bringing that awareness to people who do a lot of repetitive this, that, and the other thing, whether it's in sports or it's in your job or- yeah, Anything, you know, just, yeah. yeah. Parenting, you know, yeah. we all carry those little nuggets on our hips yeah. for years. This is Pros Talk Pregnancy, the no BS show that's not afraid to get real about all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. I'm talking with visionaries and game changers who are challenging the status quo and changing the world one pregnancy and one birth at a time. I'm Lindsay McCoy, mom of four, lover of the mountains, seeker of knowledge, exercise physiologist, birth doula, and childbirth educator. Basically, I'm an all-around pregnancy and birth nerd. My passion is making pregnancy, childbirth, and recovery better and empowering professionals and families alike. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome everyone. I'm so happy that you're here. I have Adrian in my house today, Hello. which is exciting because often we're doing these virtual meetings. So we are excited to chat. So Adrian Caldwell is faculty for BRM. So again, in our next cohort. So we're really excited. So excited. To have you. Yeah. Yes. And we've been working together for a long time. 15 years. Yeah. I was trying to think when we met. So we met, I think at like a play group. Uh, yes. Yep. And I think it was at a, a very- park. Yeah. There were babies everywhere. Yes. And Adrian was teaching, you were teaching at a massage school at the time. And yes. I remember, and I think you were always looking for models. I like, was. hey, I'm looking for people for this reflexology class or for yep. this other class. And I'm always like free massage. Yes, yes please. Right. And so, yeah, we just kind of started with that. I don't even think I was a doula yet when we met. I don't think you were, yeah. um, but I do. I remember the first time that you and I actually started realizing that we shared a similar uh, knowledge mm. and really started nerding out together. I think you called me um, after a weird labor that you had been at. Interesting. I love and it. I was in the park with my kids. And you and I were sitting, well, I was sitting in the park. I don't know where you were, but we're all chatty about yeah. the soas oh and my all that kind of stuff. Like somebody is talking yeah. about the soas. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So this, what we were, let's just say we were ahead of our time, but we were. I feel like back then no one was talking about it. Nobody was. And so I nope. was going from moving the movement world and mm -hmm. exercise into the birth world. And you were working in the body work world with tons of pregnant clients. Yes. And we were like, what's going on? Right. Like, there yes. is more to this. Yes. Than what people are saying. Exactly. And yeah. I, you know, I, my introduction into the birth world was directly through Gail Tully herself. Mm, yeah. And we, you know, my, my daughter was a breech baby 
had a traumatic birth with her and Gail and I ended up just bonding in the mm. NICU and realizing like we had complementary knowledge to share and um we you know we took to each other like fish to a stream yeah. and yeah. really built an amazing friendship and started working and collaborating together um and that's really what made me realize that birth workers didn't really understand the basic anatomy yes. of birth and you know all of the little tiny detaily things that are in there um totally. in the body and people were not really thinking about how soft tissue really impacted how pregnancy labor birth and postpartum recovery went mm. and so that's really what started me on the path that I went on for a long I time. Yeah. I remember, you know, we worked really closely. So we both live in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, mm -hmm. as does Gail Tully. Yes. So there was a, I don't know what's in the water here. Right. I know. Of, lots of us. We estrogen. Just, lots of estrogen. <laughs> Yeah, we're all like, what is going on with birth and how can we make it better? And I love what you said about the soft tissues. I was just, I just posted something on social media about like, it was kind of a complicated thing about like hip flexion versus yes. extension and yep. what opens. And yep. I saw someone who, um, who asked me a question that just showed me that there's a need for this knowledge. People don't understand it because it's hard. It's it is. Yeah, it is really complex because our bodies are... The human body is so amazing. So cool. It's so cool. And there, there are so many situations. Like I have people contact me and they're like, well, my, my leg is like kind of turned out this way and I'm feeling it over here. And it, you can't answer questions like, like that virtually, yeah. um, because it, the body is too complex and yes, there are, there are definitely explanations that we can give that cover like 80% of situations. Um, but in, in my little bubble of the universe, I tend to get the 20% mm. of the exceptions yeah. where there's a lot of detective work that, totally. that gets done to, you know, kind of figure out like, okay, what's the history behind the compensation patterns mm. that are showing up and how, how is this person spending their day that is causing this thing to make them uncomfortable? And then what can we show them to do that's going to empower them to be able to correct that discomfort in their body? Yeah. Um, and it's more than just, that's why I think, especially you as a body worker, me as like exercise, yeah. do I feel like that's another reason way we connected Yes, because so often it's like, oh, I mean, I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh, someone has SPD, you know, pain in the pubic bone. Right. What should I do? What three exercises? I was like, well, I don't know what's going on with their body. Right. Right. Yeah. Because maybe they're compensating as a result of. I don't know, an overly externally rotated femur, or maybe they're right. compensating for the exact opposite, opposite. reason. Right. Like, and so you can't, I mean, we can give like this generally works for lots of people and mm -hmm. we can help with stability. And of course, like we do work that all the time and it helps, but a lot of people need someone who can really like look at their body, feel their body, observe their body moving mm -hmm. and at rest and notice like, what do you specifically need? Yeah. And so we worked with a lot of people 
together because they yes. go to you for body work, yep. me for movement work. Oh and- my gosh. So I think that's the thing that I feel like is really what makes me excited about the work we're all doing with body ready method and everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, there's other people doing similar work and I think it's great. Let's all do this work. Let's all get birth workers literate. We're re-gifting this information. Like a reclaiming. Yes. A reclaiming of it. Um, because it really, it's so powerful to be able to understand that, you know, for example, if you've got somebody who's been working at a desk eight hours a day for 20 years, and suddenly they're pregnant, um, you know, there's, there are a lot of restrictions that naturally happen right. um, from that. And it's not the fault of anybody. Well, it's just, doing its best. it is, it's yeah. just the body doing exactly what it's designed to do, which is to create compensations for repetitive patterns right? and giving the, the knowledge back to our practitioners mm-hmm. of like, you know, if you want to know this, like these are the muscles in the anterior part of the body that are creating compensations and therefore restricting the space in the front of the abdomen and the pelvis and the thoracic cavity. So that, you know, and how all of those things are connected. Mm -hmm. I, I have noticed with my conversations more recently with professionals that they, with, with the, uh, uh, popularization of the fascial organ. Mm, that's true. Um, it really has changed the game for everybody. And I really see, um, all people who work with other people, um, just a great interest and fascination with, um, with the fascial system and really having those light bulb moments of like, Oh, yeah. If we release this one thing, like over here, we're going to make change right, right here. It goes and it's, far. It does. Yeah. So she was pointing yeah. like, at, at well, the elbow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a hands. global response. It is. Yeah. It's so global. And it really, I I'm hopeful that with the acknowledgement of fascia as an organ that our medical practices in allopathic medicine is really going to turn the corner toward a more holistic view of the human body rather than just looking at like, okay, your elbow hurts. So we're just going to treat the elbow and not think about anything else in the body. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, it, it, it it literally is all connected. And I, you know, I catch myself when I'm teaching saying so many times, it's all connected. No, really it is. It's all connected. And it's all connected. <laughs> Let's nerd out about how it's all connected via soft tissue. It is. Because yes. I think it was a light bulb for me to realize, you know, we have our skeleton over there. I won't go grab him. He's sitting on my couch, my little skeleton model, but I, you know, you think you look at those models and you think a bone is connected to a bone and that's just not, our bones are not floating. They're floating. Yeah. They're, they're literally floating and the bones of the human body give us the ability to have these amazing variation of shape Mm -hmm. that humans have, but it's really the soft tissue, the muscles and the the connective tissue that builds the shape. And 
you know, it's, yeah, it is. It's so amazing. It's like, you know, people like Angelina Jolie, she looks the way that she does because she's trained her body to have that muscular form. And then you look at the barefoot Contessa and she has the body shape and function that she does because of the way that she has worked with her body. Those are just two examples that I thought of because they're two women that I admire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. So I think, and I think we get in this, like, you know, we're so removed from it. We're like, of course, the pelvis is not a fixed entity. Of course, it's mm-hmm. movement. And of course, we can change its shape. Yes. But a lot of people think of birth as like a basketball going through a basketball hoop. Right. And even I think um, midwives and doctors can get in this really clinical mindset. Like, thank God they know what to do in an emergency. Thank right. God they have uh, obstetricians have sur- yes. surgical skills because we need those we need things. Those things. But if you're sure. attending a birth, mm-hmm. there's no reason not to know the, the, what the, the psoas does, what the QL, QL does, does, the pelvic mm-hmm. floor, the pelvic floor muscles, exactly. Like, right. Things, like, How I'm many just... babies would be born C-section if we had not, you know, started a really much better relationship with the sacred tubers. Like, right. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's, let's start out about the sacred tubers. Okay. Like I'm going to quit. So, so I'm going to do the pelvis for a video, but if you're listening, we will, we will explain this verbally as well. But if you take, if you Google an image of sacrotuberous ligament, right. Going from the sacrum. Yeah. We'll just show it right to, to the, Yep. Right there. The sits bones. That's basically it. But the cool thing about the sacrotuberous ligament is that it's really big. And so it also is mm-hmm. way up here at the top two thirds of the sacrum. And there are separate attachments along it that go to um, the ischial tuberosity here. And so if the sacrotuberous ligament is tight and you've got a baby, let's grab baby here. We got baby. <laughs> We got all the tools. We got all the tools already. So you've got a baby who's working their way through. And if that sacred tuberous ligament is is tight or dysfunctional, and particularly if the baby's coming through asynclitic, which means that they're trying to go to the side here, they're going to get stuck. Yeah. Um, And... Lower and then what does the, what do the, a lot of us think we think, oh, we need to add more power or force, force. to try to force yep. that baby through all the contractions. Yes. Aren't strong and right. And so then that's a totally force is not the key. We want to use finesse. Exactly. And so the finesse would be to come in and get, get the parent, the birthing parent on a hands and knees and release the sacred tuberous ligament in here. And, you know, that's something that I teach and I think you yeah, teach. We teach. Yeah. Gail Absolutely. teaches and spinning babies. So, you know, we there's so many different ways to get you it can, to go, which is so awesome. And it's the thing really is, wonderful. And the thing is you can do it during birth, but you can also help to make the sacro tuberous more, more functional. Um, more, yeah, more yeah. supple for life. So I like to talk about let's talk about athletes. Oh, that yeah. might be a fun okay. one. Sure. We didn't plan because Adrian and I could jam about birth. Right. We all talk day, about it all day, day long. We're probably going to yeah. go to lunch and keep talking yes. about birth. Let's be real. Cause that's what we do for fun. <laughs> but like you think about all of these back arching mm-hmm. movements yes. that a lot of folks do. And yep. what is the sacred tuberous ligaments job is to like help prevent too much mutation. Right. Correct. And so yes. it gets pretty dense in order to like what we say, to compensation correct. is our yes. body's just doing its best to protect us it is. in yep. what we're doing. So if yeah. you're a, I'm trying to think of the good ones, like, 
like a golf swing, golf swings, volleyball spikes, sitting um, on your foot at work, cross-legged in your yeah, chair. As I, as, as, no. as, Actually, I'm not doing it. We both check, but you know, any, anything that's causing the pelvis to go crooked, I'm going to grab yeah. the tensegrity model here. And so folks that are listening, the tensegrity model is a model um, that originally was designed for architecture. And so what the people who are watching see is um, a stick model with uh, bendy uh, straps in it. And when you move even just a very small movement, um, it affects the entire structure. Yeah. And it's not just like a local movement. If the tensegrity model went above and beyond, you would also see the impact in the upper body and down into the knee joints and down to the foot. And that's, you know, that's one reason why this more holistic view of um, of the human body of, okay, if we're carrying a compensation in the pelvis, but, and, and this is like a really common average compensation pattern in modern, um, American people, yeah. um, you know, it's through no fault of our own. No, it's yeah. just, it's just simply the way that life is. And, you know, if we're, if we're going to talk about athletes, um, you know, athletes, athletes bodies are, are like honed and tuned to do whatever their thing is, whatever right. it is that, you know, drives them to be dedicated and committed to their, their sport. Um, but there can be a point where there's overtoning mm. that is happening. And then, um, you know, then we run into, um, compensations that we don't have the functionality. We don't have the resilience of the muscles because the muscles are too tight or too hypertonic, um, for, for a baby to get in a good position, be able to come through the inlet and the outlet. Um, and that's where, that holistic picture is so important in terms of creating the best situation that we can mm -hmm. um, for labor and birth and postpartum recovery to, to happen as smoothly as possible. Um, and so, you know, just bringing, bringing that awareness to people who, who do a lot of repetitive, this, that, and the other thing, whether it's in sports or it's in your job or yeah, anything, you know, just, yeah. yeah, parenting, you know, yeah. we all carry those little nuggets on our hips yeah. for, you know, years yeah. before we feel confident that they're not going to throw themselves <laughs> off a cliff. Right. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm just finally to that age. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we do our, our bodies do their best. They and do. you yeah. know, that's the thing, you know, there's a lot of, I love using, you know, the law of specificity to train the body in pregnancy for birth, because it's, it's kind of a two-part thing, right? It's mm -hmm. like, we want to have, and all the birth workers love the birth techniques and I love yes. the birth techniques. Oh I love gosh, learning so much. Yeah, yeah. And I love, you know, I like to call those like the acute releases. Like, mm -hmm. let's say like a sideline release. We all love a good sideline yep. release. It's not going like you do a sideline release when you're 30 weeks pregnant. Yep. When you're 40 weeks pregnant, it's not like it's relief. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. a temporary it's release. A temporary release. Yeah. And yes. those are great, but yep. we have to go beyond that into learning how to get the body 
to be balanced to remember and remember yes. that's a good way yes. of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, our, our muscles are really good at doing something that we ask them to in the moment, but in order for something to, to maintain and be set as a muscle memory, it takes repetition. It also takes being able to do the movement in a repetitive way that also is sending a message to the central nervous system. Yes. So that the nervous system is like, oh, when the body does this, then we can be this and this it's kind of like the both and analogy that gets Mm. used a lot these days like you could be both angry and smiley at the same time (laughs) they're not yeah not exclusive so um and it's the same thing in, in the body you can have a muscle that's tight and on on one section of the so let's use the hamstring for example so the hamstring can be like you could bounce a quarter off the top quarter of it. And it also could be soft and functional and pliable at the knee joint Mm. because that muscle is, you know, it has the separate fascial stacks along it. And this is for people who are super nerdy. Don't freak out. Yeah. Yes. But it, it is a fact that, you know, yes, there's like the whole chemical chain and yes, the entire muscle contracts and, and relaxes with stimulation, but because of the way that the fascia is set up in the human body, you can have a both and situation where one end of the muscle is super tight and the other end of the muscle is just like doing its job perfectly well. Oh, hello compensation. Yeah. That's they're all compensation pattern. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's really cool. <laughs> it's so cool to see bodies, you know, and I, I try to use, cause I think it's simple and people tend to latch onto it. I like to use the group project example because oh, most yeah, of been in a group project, right. right? Yes. And so if, if you, and, and this is, I love body work, of course, you're like, yes. you're a body worker. So yep. I'm not like, Oh, terrible body work. Right. But if you release a tissue, which is helpful, like this guy is overworking. Let's just say like, he just wants to do everyone's job. Maybe it's like the, the piriformis is like everybody, the glutes aren't doing their job. So I'm going to do it for, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So if we release that, which you, which will, you know, you go to body work, they release tissues. But if, if you didn't get the glutes to start doing what the piriformis is taking over for the piriformis is going to take over again. We'll go back to sleep, Yeah, which is why, you know, as, as a body worker, I just finished my RIC teacher certification. Love Love Lauren. Oh my gosh. So, um, so that I now can actually just say to people like, okay, in order to keep this work, you're going to go home and do X, Y, Z Yes, in exactly. order to maintain it rather than being like, well, if I was in your shoes, I might try doing, but it, it just allows me in the state of Minnesota to be able to mm. change my vocabulary Amazing. and be more straight to the point about it. But that is, you know, that's the key. Like if you choose in a pregnancy, um, or, you know, whatever situation. And for example, you don't necessarily have the resources to go see a body worker and a movement therapist and a chiropractor and acupuncture, because it all adds up a lot. It's so much. And, you know, I, I think everybody who works in any of those industries understands that like, yes, the gold standard is that you surround yourself with an amazing team of people, but that's not necessarily possible for a majority of people. people. So, you know, learning about 
you know, how we as body and birth workers can better serve our, um, our clients and families that we work with is that, you know, yeah, we kind of become dabblers at that point, but it's better to be a dabbler and be able to provide resources that people can get to without having to take out a second mortgage on the house. Right. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, I love seeing the ability of a BRM pro who is a doula or a midwife or a nurse or an OB. I love seeing that ability to feel like they have something to give in pregnancy in preparation for birth. They can see, I was just giving a, um, we do like active pro coaching calls. So it's like, after you're certified, you, you know, keep learning. And the whole thing is like, how can I look at a body and know even not just what tools to give them now, but what tools may show up in their birth. Cause right. you can look at a body and you can say, not like I'm saying this to the actual client. Cause we don't want right. to put this no, in there. No, we don't no. want to say, Oh, you're going to struggle with pushing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your baby's going to have a time, hard time getting into your inlet. Yeah. Never. And I tell them repeatedly that is not empowering. I say with great, what is it with great knowledge comes great responsibility oh, so much. So right? it's so true. And so you can't put yes. it on them, but you yep. can look at a body and you can, I would, I need someone to do a PhD on this, but like, I, I I can look at a body and I'm sure you can too. And you can, you don't know, cause there's so many factors, right? But you can get a very strong, yes, educated guess on what may be the stall. If there is one in the birth, in the birth. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's wild. Yeah, it is. This episode is brought to you by the Body Ready Method, our game-changing, interactive, fully online course for perinatal and birth professionals who want to elevate the way they serve their clients. We teach you how to help your clients prepare their bodies for a more functional pregnancy and efficient birth, and teach you what to do when, during birth, through the lens of birth biomechanics. Gain confidence and new skills to support your clients. Sign up for the waitlist for our next cohort at BodyReadyMethod.com. You know, I I had the privilege of working with a family somewhat recently um, that had a breach presentation, and my apprentice and I um, were doing the soft tissue work for them, and their uh, their doula was there as well, and you know they they really had done everything everything mm, yeah. um, you know doing all of the things. Baby didn't want to be head down. Um, and you know, that's just the way it is, but both myself and my apprentice and their doula, we all agreed privately that they were going to have an amazing vaginal breech birth. Hmm. Like we just knew afterward, we're like, there's no reason for this baby to not be Hmm. born easily in a breech position. And that's exactly what happened. It was so wonderful. Oh my gosh. Provider. You don't, you Jenny don't. Hart. Jenny Hart. That's our, our kind of go-to breach doctor around yeah, here. Yeah, they got really lucky in the. I'm, I'm just guessing that Jenny must not have been that busy sure, in his yeah, regular practice. Busy. 
um, to be able to take a family from the Twin Cities. Sure. Um, Denny, Denny's not in the Twin Cities. He's in Wisconsin. And so he he's very selective about sure. who, who he takes, but so happy for this family that they were able to build this phenomenal team, explore all of the options available to them right. to help, you know, do the things that made them feel like they were doing what they could for baby and um, the birthing parent's body in order to have a successful birth. And, you know, this is one of those cases where fortunately it happened. It was really lovely. Yeah. So lovely. I mean, let's talk breach for a minute. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, breach is a variation of normal. It is. Absolutely. It yep. is not something that we tend to train providers in how to attend anymore. Well, so that, yeah, Let's in hear. general. So in, um, in medical school for somebody who's specializing in OB-GYN, there is not training for breach presentation. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> what's the however? However, okay. Rick Safries and Dr. Mm -hmm. Marshall have been traveling the world, literally, um, doing breach training and, um, my, my partner, dear friend, uh, and I went to their training. It's called breach without borders. Yes. I've heard of it. And we attended the training. Um, you know, we did the pedagogy online and then, um, they are coming to, um, cities to do the hands-on training with a life-size model. Okay. And with the breech babies and all the goo and all of the Amazing. stuff. And so you really get to experience what it's like, um, as the parent is, you know, birthing the breech baby and, oh, okay. Nuchal hand. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? And then we already have the tools that we've studied online, they give us a cheat sheet so that we can look yeah. and see like, okay, well, what are we going to do a swipe? Or are we going to do a rotation? And then the person who is training you, we were so lucky. We had Christine as our trainer. Christine is, has been a midwife for ages and she, um, her main practice is in the Sudan. Okay. Um, and so she does breach every single day. Yeah, there. you have to, you, like, yeah. if there's no right option, there's, you need to and, learn breach. Right. And so, you know, a breach without borders, Dr. Rixa and Dr. Marshall have really gone, in my opinion, above and beyond in not only learning what is appropriate for hands-on intervention when and if a breech baby needs that hands-on intervention, right. but also presenting it in a way that is really accessible, um, mm -hmm. you know, to the people who would be potentially, um, helping at a breach birth situation. And so here in Minnesota, that's midwives and OBs. And it was uh, in, in my cohort, it was only midwives. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. It yeah. was only midwives in my cohort. Um, I was the only body worker there. Yeah. Cause you're not catching. You just I'm are not nerd. Catching. I'm just, like me. I just want to know. Nerd. I just want to know. And yeah. you know, because Deb vouched for me and you know, 
Yeah. They, Rixa knows me. Yeah. Christine. You're, you're a special, I, you're I'm a special, special case. case for sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. a special case. So I had the privilege of, of getting to experience it. And it really, like, I, I really had no idea, like how, how tight the vaginal birth yeah. opening is yeah. as a baby is coming through. Mm. And I, it just gives me so much respect for, yeah. our, for the folks who are trained to help with any kind of birth, because right. it really, you know, it takes such incredible perseverance and dedication. To yeah. Be able Especially with the paradigm to, that it's in yes. now, like right. just, I was, while you were talking, I was thinking, I, I really wonder how many doctors chose to come. You know, we actually had some doctors in our last cohort of BRM and I was like, That's you fantastic. are, you are the revolutionaries. Yes. And it's yes. not that I feel like anti-doctor I have. Right. And you know, I, I should tell you, and I've said, I was telling this to my husband. I was like, you know, my father-in-law was an OB-GYN. Yes. My grandfather was high-risk OB-GYN. My mom's labor and delivery nurse. Why am I surrounded by a lot of like mm-hmm. that, that's, you know, the more medical paradigm of birth. Yes. And I think it was because it humanizes because it's not the OBs that are the issue. It is the system it's that they're the stuck system. in. And then they put on that system's glasses and they see everything through that lens. Mm, yes, exactly. And so I, I feel like if we could just give them a new lens, mm-hmm. they could see like, I could improve my outcomes. Yes. I could reduce cesareans. I could improve fetal outcomes because yes. babies are safer when we give them more space. Exactly. When we balance the body. And it's like, exactly. and I don't think it's a money thing. I mean, maybe it is for some, but you know, people always, yeah. people always are, oh, they make more money for cesareans. Oh, this or that. Oh, the OBs are evil. Think it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I genuinely, I think they mean well, most they, people. Yes. I, I honest to goodness, I think you would be hard pressed to find an OB who just does a C-section because they can. Yeah, I, there's, cool. it, I don't think that that's fair. It's not fair to the, to the medical professionals Yeah, because they, it, it takes a lot to get an MD or a registered nurse or an L and D nurse license. Like yeah. it's, it's really dedication to go through and get all of that schooling and that education. Yeah. Nobody is out there with this agenda that, I mean, there's maybe like a few bad eggs. Yeah, there, there's there's bad eggs. Right. Just like with any profession, right. there's somebody who's like, yep, I've got a four o'clock tea time. I've got to get this baby out by two. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's so far and few between. And, you know, we're we're super lucky in Minnesota. We have we're such lucky. an amazing um community that does for the most part, work really well together with both the medical based and the more natural based um, birthing processes. I, I really, I mean, I, I think you'd be hard pressed in any community to find somebody who just genuinely is like, Nope, we're just going to do a C-section. Yeah. And I think it's because they genuinely think it's safer. Correct. Because they genuinely, you know, I got in a debate with, uh, OB, uh, recently on not really a debate. He just Mm kind of wanted to make his self known on one of my posts about someone going post sure. 40 weeks because there's mm-hmm. so it's so like research but only the research i want to right. focus on yes. and again it's just the lens that they are looking through and so 
I think a better approach of shifting the paradigm is education, Correct. not you suck. How dare you? You right. are the worst. All yeah. you want is money. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe some of them, but what if we just educate everyone yes. on what's actually going actually on going in the on. Yes. And that, you know, I find that particularly in terms of empowering our families, um, to educate their own providers, mm. I always encourage them to like, go to Google scholar, go to the national Institute of health, right. go to, you know, whatever scientific journal feels accessible and reliable to them and get the research that is the most recent, that is the most comprehensive and bring it to their provider and say, Hey, look, like we now know from this Cochrane review that, you know, gathered all of these studies of vaginal birth, that this is now the best practice, whether that best practice has been acknowledged by the AMA, the American Medical Association, Mm -hmm. um, or not, um, because it does, it takes a while for all of that information to be digested, presented, accepted, and then put in practice. And so in in order for people to be able to participate in their care. Um, and, you know, if we're talking about breach, um, you know, the breach research, we don't have a lot of it here in the United States because right. we are such a litigious society. And That's another thing people are literally afraid to fund that research mm-hmm. because people hear the word breach and they're like, but that was because the person who did that research did it unethically Mm. and um, also retracted their original paper two years after the first one um, was published. And I'm talking about the send it. We can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the notes. Um, But it, it was released in 2000 um, and it, you know, it basically shut breach down, down in this country, as well as other countries. Interesting. But then, um, Europe and Canada in particular, uh, Betty Ann Davis out of Canada and, um, uh, Anka Ryder, uh, in Germany, uh, there's a gal in, uh, Brittany, France and, uh, Sean Walker in England. Um, you know, Andrew Bissett's in Australia, and then the Asian OBs as well. They all started doing um, collective research and studies on what does it actually look like for vaginal breech birth? What are the actual statistics? Mm. And all of them, their research studies um, all had variations, of course, of what they were doing. Um, so I'll use Anka Ryder's work, for example. Um, Anka and uh, Dr. Frank Leuven um, worked together and um, they did a study where if they had families come in with a breach um, in Germany, it is standard practice to do an MRI of the pelvis so that they could like do a full-blown pelvimetry without sticking their hand into a yeah. vagina. So like on the back or like, what are they in when they're doing it? I right. Like, yes. And so that's an amazing question. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so they actually did the pelvimetry with the parents on hands and knees. Okay. So not lying on the back. That's good. So there's free they, sacrum. Right. So free sacrum because Frank, Frank Leuven, 
um, and Anka Ryder together, um, they noticed, I think, I think the story goes that like Frank was looking at, at an OB, OB book on delivery and was looking at the, the image upside down and realized, no, like if we're going to do breach, we need to be flipped over on the hands and knees. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like reclaiming that knowledge. We knew, we knew this. Like we're all like, so, right? Right? yeah, we knew this, but to have an OB come out and say it makes it like, not just these crazy hippie ladies. Right. You know, you know, that's how, <laughs> I, was, I was at a birth in 2020 at a yep. kind of country hospital. Out, out, yep. I won't name the hospital, but the birther hired me. This was her third birth and she had her first two at the same doctor. And I don't know that he, and she had epidurals with those. And she was like, okay, I want something different for this third. So I'm going to hire you. I want to yeah. go unmedicated, blah, blah, blah. And he came in, she's on hands and knees unmedicated. And it was almost like he shut down. It was like, he didn't know what he was do. like, we can't pass you your baby. If you're on hands and knees. And I was like, can you just go through the legs? Through the legs and he looked at me like, I had two heads. Like he genuinely was like, we can't give you your baby if you're on hands and knees. And then she, she said, she, you know, she stand on her hands and knees, the baby's born. He kind of like pauses for a moment, kind of looks around. I didn't want to be gloaty. So I just kind of looked the other way to not make right? him embarrassed. <laughs> he kind of looks around and, he passed it the yeah. and I was like, you know what? I wonder if that's the, and the nurse was like, thank you for being here. Can you always be here? Right. Cause I did say it and I wasn't like hostile, right? Just but I did invite, yeah, yeah, I invited the mom. Like your doctor yeah. wants you to do this. You are like, I just gave her the empowerment to know like she's in charge. Yep. And it was just funny. It's to me, to us, it's obvious. Right. It's like, because we study the physics of the body right? right. and that's, you know, and I, physiological birth. I remember when I first started like actually attending births and having these nerdy conversations with people yeah. like physiological birth was such a mystery, right? It really was. And, you know, at, at that point, OBs were not even remembering, I know that they know this, yeah. but they weren't remembering that there are cardinal movements that the baby goes through right. in order to get out of the pelvis. And thanks to Gail and yes. us and all Carol of the Phillips, other, all, Carol, of the all of the people, all of the people doing education people doing work, all yeah. over the world, doing the work, we have successfully shifted the paradigm of birth so that we are yeah. having a more physiological view of how things are happening, how everything is all put together so that, you know, there's, there now is this common knowledge again amongst yeah. the allopathic providers of like, but not yeah. a lot of places. It and feels like it's right. Different. But I feel like we're just at the we're, beginning. We're at the beginning of it. It's like, but it is here, happening. It's happening. It There's is momentum. Happening. There is definitely momentum happening mm -hmm. because um, I my my buddy in Restore Your Core um, is a midwife down in Tennessee, and she mostly serves a oh, very specific. Yeah, yep. she's yep. awesome. She's totally awesome. She she mostly serves a rural population out there, but every now and again needs to do a transfer to a hospital, and so of course because we're both nerve birth nerds. We were sharing birth stories. 
And it's really, it, it became apparent to me at one point during a conversation that I was having with her that there was this shift of acknowledgement mm-hmm. happening in the hospitals in rural Tennessee that, you know, number one, we need to allow the birthing parent to be in whatever position feels right to right. them. Human but, right. Right. But then also to like, you know, unless unless it's an emergent situation, let's just be patient and sit on our hands. Right, exactly. Um, so it is happening and it does feel like it's moving at a snail's pace. But now that I'm almost 20 years out looking it's at this It's shifted picture, a lot from when we started in birth. It has shifted so much. And that's thanks to everybody, you know. We're all, yeah, it's, it's and the chiropractors yeah. and Yes. And the OBs that are curious and open to conversation and the forefront too in their industry. And, you know, let's see, like, let's bring it back to the reclaiming because I was looking at some, you know, old birth photos from Cleopatra's birth depicted from pioneer births. And you'll see, like, for example, we teach in BRM about the thoracolumbar fashion going into the lats and how that opens the sacrum. And what do we see? We see Cleopatra's Attendants doing, yes. they're pulling her arms up. Yep. They may not have had the like thoracolumbar fascia, new takes no. the sacrum, but they intuitively knew. So it's not us doing it. Right. It's they did it. Right. We're just now, we just now have the science to say why what they were doing mm-hmm. works. And works. if we have the mm-hmm. science, it's like, it's kind of like if you, if you know, maybe you're as nerdy as me, I don't know about the divine feminine, divine masculine. Yes. I feel like BRM is kind of like we're using the divine masculine, we're using that like knowledge mm-hmm. outward yes. to reclaim the divine feminine, yes. which is like the inward, the nurturing, the, yeah. and it's not a gender thing. No, it's just, not, it's we just, all have masculine and feminine yeah. energy, yeah. but like, I feel like that's, I, I have more masculine energy that, you know, I'm like, yeah. go, 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 let's go everyone. <laughs> and my husband has more of the feminine, like nurturing energy. And we both have both of course, yes. but I feel like we need to sometimes speak their language a bit, which is the science and the data. Yes. Because we've known a lot of this stuff. Cleopatra's attendants knew new things. Yes. Yeah. And but they, now we have the why. Yes. To we, prove. We have the why to prove to our, you know, more masculine, linear-minded colleagues selves, yeah. and selves that, like, okay, well, this is why this works. Um, but also just really allowing the birthing families to be in control. Yes. And, oh my gosh. And That's to not number one. put them in a position where they, they feel helpless. They feel like they have to refer to a professional right. in order. And I put professional in quotes because you don't necessarily have to piece, have to have a piece of paper in no. order to be no. a birth professional. Anybody at a birth is a birth professional. Right. And so, you know, it's, I, I feel like what BRM does, what spinning babies does, what dynamic body balancing does, all of those trainings and and beyond, because there's so much more out there than mm-hmm. than just our stuff. For sure. Is that it really our bottom line is to help educate the families about right. what they have, what the tools that they already inherently have right. in order to have their best situation, their best outcome for their pregnancy and birth. Mic drop. Right? (laughs) That's the end. That's the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, like when all is said and done, you get to choose. Yeah. Like, and that's as a birth pro, it's funny when people come in, would interview me to be their doula. They want to question often and be like, how do you doula? 
And right. I, like, I don't know. How do you birth? It right. depends. It depends. How are you as a human? Yes. Like yes. it doesn't, we can't put our own stuff on them. We, and, and even like people, I was just talking to some, to, to someone that's a doula that works with us. And she was like, yeah, my partner's saying like, why are you helping all of our friends and families? Like they didn't ask, like, it's not our job to mm-hmm. force feed stuff to people. Correct. It's our job to be available. It's our job to empower with the yes. information. Yeah. But if you want to give birth on your back, yes, that's give birth on your back. Right. Yeah. It's not about yep. this is the one right way to birth. Yep. If you want an epidural, yeah. if you want a cesarean, that's not- the way to go. Yeah. Right. And you know, like my, my first baby, I was on my back. I was in Same. a semi-reclined position. Yep. I had an epidural and, you know, my, my baby required that my OB reached up inside and helped her out. And that's just the way that she needed to be born. Yeah. Whereas my, my second baby, I got to be in the water where I wanted to be. Um, and I was on my hands and knees squatting Mm -hmm. when I was able to push him out. And in fact, almost punched my beloved (laughs) I've heard that story. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think sometimes we can get very like comparative about our birth stories, or like I'm yeah. better or I'm worse because of that outcome. I, and it's not about the outcome. Yeah, it's I, about the empowerment. I feel like too many birthing parents like take on this blame or this shame that they, you know, needed to have a belly birth or that they were on their back in Nick Roberts, for example. Yeah. Because there is this weird stigma around it when it, there shouldn't be. It's kind of like mental health. It's like, why is there a stigma around this? Like, it's yeah. just, it is part of human physiology. And because of all of the very, varied compensations that we have in our soft tissue, yeah. means that we have this huge variation of ways that are best for an individual body to be able to get yeah, get the baby out. Exactly. And, you know, that could be that, you know, you're laying on the bed with your foot up by your ear. Yeah. Um, sure. you know, it's okay. Or, you know, baby needs to be born via a cesarean section. There's nothing wrong with both. No, God, we have, you know, thank God we have med like surgery. Thank God we have yes. medication. Thank God we have Pitocin. Thank yes. God we have epidurals. These are tools yes. and the judicious use of them can be helpful. They are, are they overused? Yes. Yeah. But are they needed and life-saving? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And yes. so there's two sides of the, the same coin. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think the physiological birth, like, it's like, you can swing too far on both sides. Correct. Be like, like the physiological birth. There can be people who are like, Oh, if you just trust your body, everything will always be perfect. Right. And then yes. there's the other ones who go on the other side is like, you always need me. This is an emergency waiting to happen. Yes. And then there's this lovely place called the, the middle. middle. Yes. <laughs> that's where we usually should be. Yes. Well, Michelle in the middle. So that is our show for today. Yeah. I feel like we could go on and oh on. Oh my gosh, forever and ever. Yes. And if you are interested in learning more from Adrian, she is an amazing faculty member of the Body Ready Method. So excited. We love it. Again. Yes. Third year. Third guys. year. I'm so we so have Adrian body. We have body worker, midwife. We have an OT. We have PT. We have a doula. We, it is about us coming together with this important knowledge that we can all have this baseline awareness of the body, the pregnant body and the birthing body. So we're excited. All right, talk to you all soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Pros Talk Pregnancy. 
We are passionate about making the childbearing years better. And as professionals, when we work together, that is when we see the greatest shifts. Is there a topic that you would like for us to dig into with an amazing birth pro that you know? Or do you have a question around pregnancy, birth, or recovery that no one has quite yet been able to answer? We want to bring you the topics that you want to know about. So please submit a question, topic, or guest suggestion for the chance for it to become our next podcast episode at www.bodyreadymethod.com slash podcast dash submit. See you next time.